well, you see the graphic behind me, and we're excited to have Timmy, and I cannot pronounce his last name. He'll do it for you when he gets up here. Um, there's an N in the middle of it that messes my head up, and I apologize to him from the stage. I, I asked Brandon like four times. I, I want to say it's like Runky, but I, I mean, is that cl- good? Okay, good. Well, but before he comes, I want to share this with you. If, you, if you're familiar with the, the book of Isaiah, you know this beautiful passage concerning, concerning the, the work that Isaiah would, would venture into, and it's, it's, it's one of those passages that's iconic when we talk about missions. It says in chapter 6, verse number 8, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. The next part, the Lord God gives instruction to his prophet to say to the people a message and to speak to them. And this is the work. This is the work that all missions is, is to carry, carry that thread of story of sacrifice and of salvation to the world and to bring it from one place where it is to a place where it is not. And we are excited about Brendan and Kylie going and we're excited to hear from from. from I want to say, Brother Timmy, I think that probably will work. So I'm going to invite you to come now. If you will give him a warm reception. I think he did a fantastic job with my last name because most people don't even try. Um, And so my last name is Run Key. Um, So I'm Timmy Runkey, and just so honored to be here with you. This is my wife, Nicole. And, um, and just really, really honored to be here with you this morning. And Brother Ben, thank you so much. And it's an exciting day as we get to celebrate what God's not only doing in the life of Brandon and Kylie, but also what God's doing in the life of this church. Uh, because today is very significant for them, but it's also a very significant day in the life of a local church to be able to commission some of your very own to be a part of what God's doing across the globe. And, and really, before we dive in, I just want to say thank you. I mean, I've, I've known and met you know, some of you, and my wife and I have been here for an hour, and we were just talking about how welcomed that we feel, and just what a great place and what a great church this is. Uh, and to, as a testimony to that, uh, a lady mentioned, she said, when we are just getting to know her, she said, you know, I've been a member, this is important, and I think it celebrates you guys, I've been a member at a lot of churches but this is the first church I can call home. And that, that is a significant saying for this church and this body. So I say you should give yourself a hand for that, for what God's doing in your church. And, um, and so for me, just real quick is, um, so my wife and I, we've been married for 14 years and we have a little girl named Indy and she's 16 months old. She didn't make the trip with us today, but she is a tremendous blessing that the Lord's allowed us to, to have a little girl and, and um, I, I joke around with people because I say I think she's the smartest girl in the world because, you know, you're all proud of your kids. But she's at that season where she's trying to talk so bad, but it's just mumble. You know, it's like, I'm little, and they're like, well, why do you think she's the smartest kid in the world? And I said, well, because she can speak Mandarin very fluently. Uh, and everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, but seriously, we are uh, so glad to be here. And, you know, prior to being uh, serving as the president of BMDMI, kind of the background is I served in 
uh, ministry and, and pastoral ministry for about 10 years. And a little bit before that, when I was wrestling with, with God in ministry, I served in the hospital and in the medical field, and I did that for a little while. Then Lord called us to ministry uh, and did that for, uh, still doing that, but served at a church as a pastor on a church for about 10 years. And then here recently for one year, I've been at BMDMI. And I just got to tell you, the last year has just been incredible. And one of the things that's been so incredible about serving as a president of BMDMI is just to be able to see what God is doing across the globe, which missions has been a large part of our story and our marriage. Uh, but over this past year, obviously, it's increased exponentially. And I do know that uh, if it's anything, you know, Oklahoma is anything like Mississippi, sometimes we can get live in a little bubble to where we're just inundated with negative news. You know, everything that we see in the headlines is negative, it's bad. And it's so easy for us to just think, you know, God, are you still at work? God, are you still moving? Are you still doing things? Because everything I see and hear just seems to be negative. And, and I'm just here to tell you that I've had the privilege over the past year to see how God is at work across the globe, not just in countries that we serve, but in areas that we have connections. And I'm telling you, the God that we serve, he is a global God and he still is at work among the nations. And he's still at work in our country. It's the God that we serve. And... And with that being said, as moments like this just don't happen very often, you know, when you think about it, that we, we hear about global missions all the time and we know the Great Commission and we know all the verses in Scripture that, that speak to this, but a moment like today is so special because you actually get to see it in action where God has called a couple to go to the nations, but it's not just a couple, it's, it's people from your church. And so God is commissioning, and we're getting a chance to commission some of your very own uh, to be a part of what God's doing among the nations. And today, really what I, I want to do is try to help us piecemeal all this together, because clearly a few things we know is, one, that God's at work. We know that Brandon and Kylie are in the midst of this because they've said yes. Uh, your church is involved in this somehow or another, and then us as an organization, we're involved. And so what I hope to do today in just a few short minutes is to give us a framework so we know how all of this like, connects, how God is at work, how the church is at work, how Brandon and Kylie are in the midst of this, and us as an organization, where do we fit into this whole thing? And, and so today, that's my goal, is to, is to give us a, a framework of how all of this fits together for one beautiful picture of the local church and God at work and organizations such as ours to be in this together for the sake of the gospel among the nations. And the passage that we're going to look at um, is a passage that many of you are probably familiar with. It's the Great Commission in, in Matthew uh, 28. And just a little context here is this is after the death, burial, and resurrection. And so now Jesus is meeting with his disciples before his ascension. So this is one of his last um, conversations, if you would, with his disciples before he ascends into heaven. And I love this because if you really think about the significance of what people say, that if you knew you only had one or two more conversations with somebody, you would really think hard about what you're going to say. And not only would you think hard about what you're going to say, if you're on the receiving end of that where you knew that this might be the last chance you get to hear from someone, you're going to listen really well. And so this is kind of the context in which the Great Commission, these verses are spoken. And, and we're going to start in verse 16. Then... 
the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when he saw, when, when they saw him, they, they worshiped him and some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always into the very end of the age. And so the very first thing that we see is the global mandate where Jesus is making a statement. And really what Jesus is doing is giving you a vision. He's giving you a vision of what he's commanded and what he's gonna see happen across the globe. And so the, the global mandate is for all of us to be a part of making disciples and to be a part of making disciples, not just locally, but to the ends of the earth. And one of the things that I want us to see is that the day's coming where the Great Commission, it will be completed. And what I mean by that is, you might say, what do you mean by the completion of the Great Commission? Well, currently, work is still being done. And there are still 6,000 what we call unreached people groups where the gospel hasn't made it to them. And so there's, that, that equates to about 2 billion people in the world that still have yet heard the good news of Jesus. And so oftentimes, and I do it too, because we all long for the second coming of Jesus when he returns. And, and me personally, I hope I'm on this side of the, the story where I'm here on earth being active and engaged in God's, in God's story and when Jesus comes back. But here's the thing is we talk a lot about the second coming, which we should. We should long and anticipate that day. But let this sink in. There's still two billion people in the world that don't even know he came the first time. But what scripture gives us in Revelation chapter five and chapter seven, scripture gives us a picture that one day there will be people, because it says people from every, every tongue, every tribe, every nation that's worshiping our king. So that day is coming. Revelation tells us about it. So until now and then, what the vision that the Lord's given us is to make disciples of all nations. And so we can have confidence in this this morning is that the mission of God, it cannot be stopped. Like God's mission and God's purpose on this planet, it cannot be stopped. And the, the global mandate, the thing is, is this for all believers? It's for everybody. And so if you have submitted your life to Jesus and, and you've asked for the forgiveness of your sins and you've repented of your, your ways and you say, God, I'm trusting you, and so you were a born again believer where you went from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. Here's what happens in those moments is you're asking for the forgiveness of your sins. You're trusting in Jesus as the savior of your life. But here's the other thing is you're submitting to him as the Lord over your life. He's, he's savior and Lord. We sang about it just a few minutes ago. And so if Jesus is Lord over your life, then here's the reality. He has authority over your life. And so the mandate's for all believers because if you submitted your life to Jesus and you've been born again, then the reality is, is Jesus has authority over your life. He has authority over your career. He has authority over your finances. He has authority over your marriage. He has authority over your hopes and dreams and aspirations because you're saying, you know what? I've been bought with a price. This life is no longer my own, but it's yours. And so for us to wake up every single day, say, God, I'm available. I wanna be a part of your story. I wanna be a part of 
what you're doing among the globe. And, and here's uh, something that I love to, to think about. And as born-again believers, we've been sent by our Savior. So here's the thing, is there's no such thing as an, un, an unsent Christian. We've all been sent. And for some, Brandon and Kylie will see that there's also a unique calling where they're, they're being sent by God among the nations. But for all of us, you, you look across this room, we've been sent. Where have we been sent? We've been sent into our homes to be a light. We've been sent into the workplace. We've been sent to our schools. We've been sent to uh, just the community in which we live. And so as believers, we are all on mission. We have all been sent by our king until he returns. And, and so here's the thing is that the mission of God and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. The mission of God will be completed by the people of God who are filled by the Spirit of God living for the glory of God. I know it's a mouthful, but the mission of God, which is the Great Commission, it will be completed, how? By the people of God who are filled by the Spirit of God that are living for the glory of God. This is God's design in all of this. And so there is a universal mandate for all people. But then what I want us to see in Acts chapter 13 is that there's also a specific calling that happens for some. And so in Acts chapter 13, is, uh, we, we see a real unique kind of picture where uh, basically what it is, uh, the church has started, persecution, you know, Saul that soon becomes Paul, persecution is taken place and so now the the uh, believers are scattered and Saul has a conversion and now he's Paul and and here's the thing is now we get a picture of them in at a church in Antioch and I want us to 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 see what happens here now and starting in verse or Acts chapter 13 verses 1 through 3 now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers and there there were some people Barnabas and Simon called Niger uh, Lucius of Cyrene and Maiden and, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, here it is, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they have fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. And so the setting is a setting real similar to this just 2000 years ago where they're at a church in Antioch and the believers were gathered. Persecution was pretty strong at this day and age. And so they're all worshiping, like a lot of folks in the room, just like this, they're worshiping. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. So now what we see is a glimpse into the unique calling of God. There's a specific calling on some. And so God sets apart people for special work. And today what we're seeing is in the life of Brandon and Kylie, that we get to see a glimpse of this unique calling playing out where God has said, Brandon and Kylie, I have some special work for you to do. And praise God that they said yes. And so today we're getting a glimpse into the unique calling of God because what happens, and Brandon and Kylie can attest to this, is the unique calling of God, it grips your heart. It has a grip on your heart. You can try to run from it, you can try to hide from it, but the thing is, is you just can't shake it because when God grips your heart and when he speaks something specifically to you, there's nothing you can really do about it. 
because you can't escape the calling and the grip of God that's on your life. And for me, I can attest to that because uh, I mentioned a little bit ago that I was in the medical field. And, uh, you know, just to be quite honest is for me, (laughs) it was the dream job. Like I loved what I did. Uh, I love the company that I work for, and I love the things that I got to be a, be a part of on a day-in and day-out basis, but yet I knew that God was calling me and my family into ministry. And the thing is, is my wife didn't marry a pastor. She married a guy that was going into the medical field, <laughs> and so I was really nervous about telling her, like, hey, the Lord's you know, calling us into ministry, but he took care of all those details. And I just remember, even though, and maybe some of you can attest to this, even though you had like a dream situation on the inside, you knew something was lacking. And so that was the reality for me is I had the dream job, but on the inside, I was just deteriorating because it was the grip of God. It starts to guide everything that you do. And, and the call of God that grips our heart, and here's the thing is you don't have to try to hang on to that calling. The calling hangs on to you. Are you tracking with me? Does that make sense? You know, a lot of times in life, what we say is, don't let go of that calling. You better hang on to it like it's a slippery bar of soap. (laughs) You know what I mean? And we think, oh, we we better not lose what God's called us to do. But that's not how it works. We don't have to grip our calling. God grips us. Anybody ever been bungee jumping? (laughs) I don't blame you. I haven't been either. It sounds like a great idea. Then I had a kid. I was like, no, the risk reward's not there. But think about it. If you went bungee jumping, Silly analogy, but if you went bungee jumping, how much sense would it make for you to be the responsible for holding on to the bungee cord when it reached the bottom and by your own strength, you hope that you can hang on to the cord so you don't hit the ground? That's not how it works. You don't have to hang on to the cord. The cord's got a grip on you. It's what holds you. And so Brandon and Kylie, I want you to know this, that when you get onto foreign soil, when you get to Honduras, to remember the fact that, yes, God's called you, but you don't have to hold on to that calling as much as God's holding on to you. That God's got a grip on your mind, God's got a grip on your heart. Yes, there's work that we have to do, you know, to, to not lose sight of it, but it's not the weight's not on you. He's the one that called you, He's the one that's going to provide you. And what we see too is the unique calling is it not only grips your heart, but it guides your life. It guides everything in your life. And we can see this playing out in Brandon and Kylie, where I think think it was this weekend, y'all did a garage sale where you're selling pretty much everything you own. And it guides this unique calling. It guides what you do in life. It guides your time. It guides your resources. It guides your energy. It it, it guides all the decisions that you're going to make in life. And this is the unique calling. And so, What we've seen so far is God has a global mandate. And then we see that God's the one that calls. But then what we also see right here is that the church sins. And I wanna wanna show you this in verse three. So after they had fasted and prayed, the church at Antioch placed their hands on them and sent them off. And so what we see is the way that this plays out is God's the one who calls, but the church has the privilege of sending people out. And I'm telling you, this is such a beautiful picture in the life of this church that I don't know how many missionaries that you've sent out from this church, but today that you can have so much confidence. And this should be, I know we don't necessarily brag 
a whole lot, but if we're going to brag about anything, we can brag on what the Lord does. And so as a congregation, you have the right to brag about what God's doing in the life of your church because your church is now sending Brandon and Kylie out. And what that really means in a commissioning, what that actually means is you're affirming what God's doing in their life. You're saying, I affirm and I see the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And it's evident and it's clear that God has sent you out. And so the church is affirming them. And Brandon and Kylie, I want you to know this, is when commissioned, you are not departing the church. Rather, you're an extension of this church among the nations. That's what a commissioning is. It's not saying goodbye. It's saying, okay, now this church has boots on the ground in a mountain village in Honduras. What a privilege. And now you see the weight and the responsibility that comes as the commissioning church is of praying and, and being a part of what they're doing. And, and one of the very first kind of mission movements is with a guy named William Carey. Some of you probably heard the name William Carey. Um, and so William Carey was sensing a call to go to India. And this was about, at 19, uh, uh, yeah, so 1793. And 1792 in that age range or, or that time of the year. And, uh, and so William Carey told this guy named Andrew, Andrew Fuller, which most folks Fuller this. He said, I'll go into the pit if you'll hold the rope. And so Carey sensed the call to go among the nations. And he told this guy named Andrew Fuller, said, I'll go into the pit. I'll go among the nations if you'll hold the rope, if you'll hold the rope in praying. If you'll hold the rope and help in fundraise, if you'll hold the rope for me, then I'll go. But I need someone on the other side. And this is a picture of what this is because what happened then is in 19, or 1792 that one of the very first mission organizations was formed. And it was called the Baptist Mission Society. And so Andrew Fuller spent his whole life commissioning and sending and supporting and praying for missionaries and holding the rope. And then one year later in 1793 is, is, is when William Carey went to India. One of the first mission movements started. And what we see is that is in the book of Acts. And so the last part of this is God calls, the church sends, and as an organization, we have the privilege of supporting and what I want you guys to do is I want you to have some confidence in the organization that God is sending Brandon and Kylie through. And so I'm not going to give like a presentation on the organization, but our role as an organization is to support Brandon and Kylie in conjunction with the church, to, to be a part of supporting them. And I want you to know from me personally that this is something that I don't take lightly. This is a massive responsibility for us to be able to support them, and to care for them, to make sure that they're able to have an avenue to fulfill what God's called them to do. And so what we say as an organization is, is we support missionaries so that they can fulfill their calling while at the same time helping advance the ministries of BMDMI. And I want you to know that next year, BMDMI celebrates 50 years of ministry. We serve in Honduras and Nicaragua and Guatemala and Nepal. And there's been lots of missionaries that have spent, you know, 10, 15, 20 years on the field. And currently we have 16 missionaries. And I'm so excited that here in a, a few days and weeks that we'll have missionaries number 17 and 18. And they're not just numbers, but they're names. And so Brandon and Kylie is coming into an organization that has just rich, rich history of doing great gospel work among the nations.
And, uh, and so in closing, this is what I want to say. It's just Brandon and Kylie, so proud of you. I know today is a bittersweet day where you're so excited, but there's also the whole host of emotions that come, come along with it. Um, but what a beautiful picture that we get a glimpse into the reality that God is still calling people to the nations. He's still calling people. The church is still sending people. And there are organizations out there that are still partnering with churches to help advance the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we do this and we stick to this task until Jesus returns. And when he returns, our work is done. But until he returns, we have work to do. And lastly, is, is one thing I didn't mention is this, is at the end of the Great Commission, in this part of the, the text, it says, and Jesus said, and surely I'm with you always into the very end of the age. And this is the most beautiful part of the whole text is what we see is God calls you, your church is gonna send you, BMDMI is gonna support you, but the best part of the story is Jesus is gonna walk with you every step of the way. And we're so excited for you, so proud of you. And I can't even speak for everybody in here because I know you got so much love and respect for Brandon and Kylie. And, and uh, so thank you all so much for having me and having such a day where we get to commission two of God's people to go do his work among the nations. So let's pray. Father, you're so good to us. And God, what an amazing day today that we get to celebrate all that you are doing in this church. God, we get to celebrate what you're doing in Brandon and Kylie's life. And God, I truly believe that eternity them just like you did. You incarnated yourself here. You came and you lived and you dwelled among us. And that's what they're doing. So God, thank you for being a God that calls us to be a part of your global story. And God, thank you for walking with us every step of the way. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said...